Hi loves, welcome to Strip Down. I am so beyond excited and honored for my guest today. Real life, I totally like was obsessed with her on a major show when I was a young girl. Total like crushing moment. I don't usually get that excited girl, you know, inside of me, inner child excited, but I am so excited for today. I have the amazing Danica McKellar. She is an actress, an author, a producer, and speaker of Danica McKellar. I was the first introduced as Winnie Cooper, as I was mentioning the iconic television show, The Wonder Years, which I'm sure everybody knows and loves. And since then, she's built a long-standing career in entertainment and beyond. McKellar stars in and executive produces Matchmaker's Mysteries, a new mystery franchise for Hallmark movies and mysteries. This past Christmas, McKellar starred opposite Dolly Parton in her 12th Hallmark film, Christmas at Dollywood. In addition to acting and producing television, McKellar is a New York Times best-selling author with her groundbreaking books, including Math Doesn't Suck and Kiss My Math. Her message to girls, smart is sexy. A summa loud graduate of UCLA, McKellar earned her undergraduate degree in mathematics. She has testified before Congress about the importance of women in math and science and was named Person of the Week by ABC World News for tackling math education and simultaneously breaking the stereotype of the math nerd with her highly entertaining and illuminating books. Danica, welcome to my show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yes, yeah, no, I'm serious. your show um, because of Tim Ballard. I loved him. He's so amazing. And I was so grateful he came on and shared my show. I love what he's doing and all about. I, I, I truly was honored to have him on. And when I saw that you had listened, I was like, wow. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it's one of the things that's, um, for me during this pandemic is, you know, I, I, I make a career these days. I mean, yes, of acting, but I also write math books for kids ages zero to 16. I've got them all in the kellermath.com. I'm all about you know, helping kids to be smart and savvy and, um, and really empowered and, you know, sitting at home during the pandemic and just scrolling more, honestly, just scrolling and, and reading about stuff and learning about stuff, learning about this, the, the issue of child trafficking and how it has become a bigger and bigger problem because of lockdown, mm -hmm. because of kids being at home on, on their social media sites and things where the online predators will often look for vulnerable kids who aren't getting love at home and who aren't able to have an open conversation with their parents. And so they're looking for somebody to talk to, somebody to give them love and affection. And then next thing you know, they're, they're sending a, you know, they think they're falling in love and they are asked to send a topless picture and they do. And the next thing you know, and then, then the guy's got something on them. And they're like, Hey, you know, I really need your favor. Can you meet me at this corner? I'd really, I really hate to have to show this picture and embarrass you, but I really need this favor. So can you meet me? And then the girl's like, okay. And then that's it. And that's it. And it's, so and it's a lot of it's because their parents just, they don't have the kind of relationship that, and it's so sad and it's, and it happens a lot in the foster kid community. And it's just a, a thing that, that, you know, and, and then, you know, Tim Ballard, of course, they do a lot of rescue missions abroad, um, which is incredible. And I'm really looking forward to seeing his film, The Sound of Freedom. Yes. Mine. About it. Yeah. And that's, you know, as you know, an international um, child trafficking ring bust, which is going to be very satisfying to watch that fictionalized and see that happen and see the oh, yeah. win. But the crazy thing is that in this country, that's not necessarily how it looks. It's like what I talked about. It's it's lonely kids who are looking for attention and they're, they they want to be famous. They want to be loved. They want all this stuff and all of that is promised to them by these online predators. They know what they're looking. They know what to 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 say. They know what the girls need said to them. And these kids, they're like 12, 14 years old. 
I know. Wrapped up in this, and it's so so sad. And a lot of times, it happens, say, over a weekend, like over weekends. And the the like, literally, the traffickers will drop them off at their house during the week. They go to school, so that way, it's not as noticed. It's not as big a deal. The parents are too, I don't know, on drugs or they're they're distracted and they're they're you know having a hard time. I'm sure. I mean, I don't want to demonize them, but they're not paying enough attention. And their kids, like, well, at least they're coming back. I don't know why my kids, my 14 year olds, during the weekends you know, teenagers these days, but at least she's coming home and going to school during the week. And in reality, she's got a pimp who's, who's threatening her family's life and who's saying, who, who's convinced her that he is this wonderful guy who's protecting her and giving her all this stuff and promising her a career in modeling or acting or whatever it is. And, and that's how it looks. That's how it looks in this country. And even just, you know, reading about his stuff and learning about his stuff made me pay more attention. Like, well, wait, this is happening all around us. Mm-hmm. And they actually, on their website at um, ourrescue.org forward slash training, there's this great one-hour training class that you can take. It's free. And they've, they've got like, a couple, couple of videos. And you take a quiz, a couple more videos, take a quiz. And then at the end, you get a certificate of completion. And, I'm, and I, I took the class. My husband and I did it. And it was fantastic. Statistically, we've all seen traffickers with their victims and not known it, whether it's at the airport or some other public place. And we just didn't know how to read the signs. And this class teaches you how to read the signs, how to recognize when you're seeing trafficking going on. And it gives you a phone number so you can report it. And I'm so, I think this is such a great class that everybody should take that on every Tuesday, I call it training Tuesdays. I send out now, so I've done it for two or three weeks now. Uh, I send out on Twitter and on Instagram stories. Hey, this is a great class. If you take it and get your certificate of completion, send me a copy of your certificate of completion. I will thank you myself. I'll DM you back. I'll tweet you. And to just that's amazing. And, that's, that's and I've had like almost 30 people now take the course because of that, which is really cool. Um, and then, and then there's the whole educating kids aspect of it, which I'm working actually with a couple of other organizations that are more focused on what's happening here and rehabilitating victims and things like that to, uh, to try to figure out how I can take my world of educating kids and making them smart and savvy through math and take that type of thing that I've been doing for years and how do we create some educational materials for kids to help them be savvy and smart online and not be suckered in by these wolves and sheep clothing scams where they really believe. And it's a, you know, some narcissist guy who, or women, women do it too, unfortunately, um, some narcissist who is uh, convincing these girls that something that is not true is true, and they're really good at it. And yeah. like, how do we outsmart these guys? Let's be smarter, girls. You know, so kind of like it's all in like what I do, and I'm figuring out right now how can I be more involved in in that, in in preventing this stuff in the first place, and making these these girls savvy and smarter than that, and not get suckered in. No, and I love that. And I think that's such a great message with, like you said, it ties into what you're already doing and just expanding that and using your own voice and celebrity and brand to be able to bring that to the masses is huge. And honestly, like I said to Tim, you know, on my show, and I said to him even off when we were chatting before the recording, I had no idea how much this was happening here. I knew overseas. I knew, you know, to be honest, it was kind of like ignorance is bliss until it wasn't. And now it's like something same for me. Like I can't stop talking about and sharing and educating and figuring out how to help people. And I just so appreciate that you're like, let's get smarter about this. Like, let's not fear this. Like, of course it's so scary and it's sad, but like, let's get smarter. Let's get ahead of this. Let's educate, figure out how to stop these situations. And I couldn't believe when he was telling me too, like, you know, like you said, how young, like he was even saying, you know, like, 
you know, in some circumstances, like toddlers and elementary, I mean, like, and, yeah, boys, and boys as well. I mean, the stories are just like, you're like, what? Like, it's almost hard to believe. It's hard to, and it's hard to take. It's hard to listen to. It's hard to accept, I guess. And, and what's interesting about this whole pandemic for me is that I feel like I've become more of a warrior, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like this, I felt so beaten down by this in all sorts of ways. It's affected my things in my life that I don't talk about even. It's just been hard. It's been really, really, really hard. And uh, it even manifested in some health things for me. It's like, it's been, okay. and, and I know that it's hard for so many people in so many different kinds of ways. Yeah. And so many people are so unhappy in ways that they have never experienced before. <clears throat> and you can just feel it. And it's like, well, we have a choice. We can either be beaten down or we can take all this energy, all this anger, all this frustration, all this madness that's going on. And there's so much to be angry and outraged about all over the media. <laughs> there's so much going on and you don't know who to believe and you don't know what side. They're probably both lying. Both sides, I'm sure, are lying about everything. Okay. It's, it's so maddening that you just go, okay, well, I was like, I have to, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to collapse. What can I do? You know what I can do? You know what I know is true? Here's something that's true. Child trafficking is on the rise and we got to do something about it. So let's do that. Let's focus on that. Let's take all that energy, all that pent up anger and frustration and outrage, and let's aim it at fighting this. <laughs> let's do yeah. that. Let's right. do that. And that's been actually useful to me in some ways, as strange as it sounds. It's like, no, no, no I, this is a focusing energy for me. This is a focusing thing. I, it's, it's, it's useful to feel purposeful. And that's something I've been trying to emphasize to my followers on social media. Every Monday I do a McKellen Motivational Monday. It's almost like a podcast, but it isn't. It's just me talking live to fans that join in and, and we discuss ideas and share thoughts about whatever the topic is. Usually it has something to do with empowerment of yourself somehow. But then like last, this past Monday, I think it was, or maybe it was Monday before that. I don't know, something recent. All the days together now. <laughs> they all went, yeah, they, it's about being like the idea of being essential. And a lot of us have been told, you're not essential, stay home. And it's a really weird psychological thing on top of everything else that's going on is to feel unimportant, like you don't matter. Uh, and I, I think that it's really damaging psychologically for a lot of people. There's a lot of depression, suicides are way up. And so I'm like, you know, guys, we, we can be essential. And here's how you can, you can be essential, essential to a child's life, like essential. You can make a huge difference in one, two, three, five, ten, a hundred kids, depending on your ability to either donate or get involved, volunteer. A lot of these places need help and you can become essential. You can become a big brother or big sister. I'm sure they've got like online virtual versions of that right now. You can make a huge difference in a child's life, being a mentor, being a big brother, being a big sister, fostering a kid, becoming a, a, a CASA, a court appointed um, special advocate for a child. These, there, there are so many ways you can get involved and become absolutely essential and make a true difference in someone's life. And this is an opportunity to, to do that, to look for that and to realize that how good it feels to be essential. You know, it's, it's like as, as difficult as it must be for the nurses and for the delivery people and all the other, it's gotta be so hard and scary in a lot of ways. There's also something fulfilling about knowing that you are essential, you are needed. You are part of why this world is working right now. So for everyone who's been told, go sit on the couch, okay, <laughs> there's a lot you can do from your couch. So turn off Netflix for a minute and, and get your phone out and start looking at it and get your laptop and say, where can I be of service and really find that? 
And I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's almost a selfish act because you will feel better. You will feel purposeful. And that's, that's why I went on a rant about that. And I just went on another rant about it, but I really believe in it. No, and I, I know you do. And, and I love that because I think that's such a great message because you're right. It has been so hard for so many people in so many different ways. I think all of us mentally so much and we all feel it in you know, all kinds of ways. And you're right. It's like, instead of having that anger and that resentment and that madness and everything else that's just not healthy for you to have, it's like actually put that into good use and do something with it and, and find your voice and find your calling. And you're right. I felt the same way as I work on it, as I educate, as I share, as I do my podcast, I feel like this light inside of me. So I totally get what you're saying with this warrior. Like, I feel like that. I'm like, I feel like this light warrior who's like sharing this information and helping and some way get it out there and you know I've had so many people message me and say is that really happening is that really real like is that and I'm like I don't talk about fake things like this yeah. is real. you can do the research there's facts like you know there may be things behind it we don't know is true or not true but there are facts and this right. is happening here and right. it's happening in the U.S. way more prevalent like you said now and this is something that needs to be discussed and handled especially for the parent community yes absolutely and and if you're a parent listening you know, I, some people say, oh, well, make sure you monitor all your kids' online behavior. You're, make sure that you know if they're online, who they're talking to. I mean, yeah, in an ideal world. But here's the thing. If your child has something they want to hide from you, they'll figure out how, how to hide it from you. I don't think, and, and if you're like over there being an overlord to your kid, then that might not be good for your relationship either. I really have to emphasize the importance of having an open line of communication with your child so that your child can tell you bad stuff and that you say, I love you anyway. Let's get through this. Let's figure this out. Not how could you, whatever it is like, no, 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 no. You'll shut them down. And as they become teenagers, you want them to feel that talking to you is a safe place. Right. And if you catch yourself, if you catch yourself yelling at your kid for something they told you, they shared with you, apologize, stop and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had an emotional reaction to it because I was afraid that that's going to lead to something worse, but I'm so sorry. I, I actually really value you sharing stuff with me. Um, and I, and, that, and I was wrong just then. Right. And, and I'll try to open that up. My son is about to turn 10. Uh, we were talking really about my drama ordering his cake. Um, <laughs> he's about to turn 10 and, and you know, he's getting to that preteen era. And I tell him all the time, so you can tell me anything and I want to, <clears throat> I want to hear about the stuff that's going on in your life. And I share stuff that's going on in my life with him. Like it, keep that open, keep it, keep it safe, keep it a safe place. Remain somebody who can help them solve their problems, not who causes problems for them by, by being an overlord and by being um, mad all the time. Like it's just being a drill sergeant all the time. I mean, obviously look, obviously that he needs to behave, but that's, but in terms of sharing things, make it a safe place is anything you can do. Yeah. And as a new mom, you know, of two girls, I really appreciate that message and that advice because, you know, I'm just starting to get into that, you know, Amelia's, you know, a little over two and she's starting to, you know, test the waters and, you know, power struggles and this and that. <laughs> and I'm trying, you know, and I'm trying to be open-minded, but of course, still discipline and still let her know I love her. And it is a struggle every day to check in with myself and say, like, am I being mindful of this and how am I handling this? But you're right. It's like, you do have to create that safe space right from the beginning. So they know. Yeah, and anyone who's listening whose kids are a little bit older, I, I don't think it's ever too late to start and, and, and do, just do your best. You really have an open conversation about, about the idea of sharing and how you've made mistakes in your life. You know, share mistakes that you've made in your life with your kids. Be honest, we don't have to be perfect. It's better if we're not representing ourselves as being perfect. 
it's so much better because then it's like, oh, okay. Because if your kids think that you're perfect, you never do anything wrong, they're not going to want to share with you when they've messed up. So share with them when, when, you, when you screw up, tell them. And, and, and then you can even say, is it okay that I'm sharing this with you? I want to share stuff, you know? And, and hey, you make, you make me feel like it's a safe place for me to share. And, and I want to be a safe place for you to share what's going on. Just that kind of stuff. Because number one thing that, that traffickers look for in kids are kids who don't have a relationship with their parents, who are lonely, who feel, um, who feel not important to their parents. And they're looking for that. What these traffickers are offering, it's not like, oh, they're grabbing from the street and then they, a lot of it, a lot of times when these girls are rescued, they're upset because they think they've been separated from their boyfriend and they've got the bruises and they've got, they've been abused and they've been, you know, raped and they've been on the streets and they've been all, all that stuff. That's all happened to them. And they've been brainwashed into thinking that this is love and affection because it's more attention than they've ever gotten before. It's horrible. It's, but it's, it's like, as parents, we got to remember that, that there's a lot of people out there who's, they're willing to give your kid the love and attention if you're not. And really, attention. Like, get off your phone, pay attention to your kid. I find myself even on my phone a lot because my phone is, it's not just, it's not just entertainment. It's my business. It's my life. It's, and hey, hey, I can multitask by hanging out with my son and also answering a couple emails. Yeah, but... What I try to do is if that's necessary, I'll tell him what I'm doing and who I'm emailing and why, try to like involve him and then put it down. <laughs> just try to like put, and, and I also make this really concerted effort to at least once a day, like just stare at him. I know it sounds weird, but he'll be eating or whatever and I'll just stare at him and I just really, really take him in. Really take him in. Every eyelash, and he'll look at me and he'll like get bashful, but I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just taking you in, sweetie. I'm just really taking you in. And just, so, I mean, look, my child is never going to feel neglected, that's for sure. But all <laughs> these little tips, they can help. You know, they can help. <laughs> yeah, you're right, though. And, it's, and it is all about that attention, that love. Because that's what we all seek. I mean, even as, you know, as adults, it's like you want to feel loved and you want to, you know, feel good and, and all that. You want to feel important, like you matter and like people care and they like you and all right. that stuff, all that human yeah. stuff. Well, and you're such an inspiring person, you know, Danica, obviously from so much of everything, you know, you've done in your career and everything iconically, but with the books, I just love, because, you know, I told you we ordered the um, bath time one and yes. was already like obsessed with it and she's figuring out with the numbers and she's, you know, she's young and she's already like totally like, oh, wow, one and one and two. And I'm like amazed by it. Like, where did you find your inspiration when you started becoming, you know, an author and started really writing these books? I just think they're so cool and they're so different from what you see out there. Well, you know, thank you very much, first of all. I'm really glad she's enjoying bath time, math time. Honestly, the inspiration behind bath time, math time was that it rhymed. And I was like, there's no bath time, math time book out there? <laughs> there's no bath math? Like, what? How is that possible? I think I should do one. And then it was like, what should we do today? Well, how about counting on? This idea that if you count on, like, if you, if you know how to count, you can add one. That's really what it teaches. So it takes kids from being able to count to being able to add. Because, you know, if you know that the next number after three is four, now you know that three plus one is four. And so kind of learning, teaching that little skill all in, you know, bath time fun, as you know. Um, yeah. But really, you know, I, so I was, I've been an actress my whole life on the Wonder Years and then took a break and I got a degree in mathematics. And so I took a break from acting, went to math. Then I left math and went back to acting. And I did the West Wing for a year and I did a whole bunch of other things. And, and then eventually I missed math again. And then I found um, this great concept of combining my love of entertainment with my love of math and writing entertaining math books. Because 
too often math has the stereotype of just not being interesting, <laughs> not being fun, not being relevant, not being guilty. Girls, I, not math, being math has never fascinated me when I was a girl. I wish I had, you know, like you around. I was, I was never good at math and never fascinated and it always frustrated me. So like, I was so excited when I saw this book was like about that. Yeah. Well, I've written 10 of them now. Yeah. So the 10th tenth, the tenth book called The Times Machine. Yes, The Times Machine uh, just came out this summer. And what's kind of cool about that, and that's a, a third, fourth, fifth grade book, all about multiplication and division. What's cool about the timing of that is that now, as of this summer, just in time for all these parents who are you know, heading back into the school year, um, is that now I've got books for every age from zero to 16. So no matter how old your kid is, if you need math to be a more pleasant experience in your household, like fun and silly even, then I've got a book for you. And they're all at mckellarmath.com. So there's a big slider button. So depending on your child's age, um, you can see which book is right for you and your kid. And the Times Machine, one of the things I'm super excited about with it is that I, I tackled the issue of memorizing times tables, multiplication facts in a really fun way that had really never been done before. And learning times tables is really important. Learning multiplication facts is really important. Because without knowing them offhand, you can't reduce a fraction in the same way. You can't divide easily. It's, it, there's a lot, a lot of things. In math, things build on each other. And to learn your times tables, to learn your multiplication facts, that takes focus and time. And <laughs> the classrooms are full of all this common core stuff now. And now stuff is online and parents are responsible for it. And they're trying to juggle their job, maybe answer emails, try to make dinner, the laundry. Now they're trying to oversee their kids' homework. I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot. So I'm really glad this book came out now because there, for every multiplication fact that isn't super easy, like times two or times 10 or whatever, I have some sort of story or poem or little scenario to bring it to life. And I'll share an example with you. So one of the ones that can be difficult to learn is like, you know, six times seven, right? I mean, any of those numbers where you got the sixes, sevens, eights, um, they can be a little challenging. There's a really easy trick for the nines. So like on your fingers, actually. And mm -hmm. I, I, this is not a visual medium, so I can't really. But anyway, there's a very easy nines trick. You can look it up online. But for the for like six, seven, eight, those are the hardest ones. So six, seven, seven, for example. Um, so one of the characters, the recurring characters in the Times Machine, and also he was from the first, uh, first and second grade book called Do Not Open This Math Book. That's for addition and subtraction. This Mr. Mouse. He is um, a recurring character. He was really afraid of math, but he is really, really loves food. So he eats a six-sided block of cheese, this enormous six-sided block of cheese every day for a week, for seven days. So he eats this enormous six-sided block of cheese every day of the week for seven days, that's six times seven. Well, by the end of this week, Mr. Mouse is pretty full and farty too. Oh, that's, funny. <laughs> that's cute. So there's a whole bunch of like little stories and poems and rhymes and silly things that you look, what kid is going to forget that six times seven is 42? Right. I'm not going to forget. And that's, so I did that with a lot of them. And like, if there's a story, if it's like, if it's got an eight in it, then it's going to have an octopus in it. If it's got a seven, it's going to have to do with seven days of the week. If it's got a six, it's some sort of block is involved in the story. Uh, if it's a four, then it's a four-legged, a puppy, the puppies in it. Um, and there's a tricycle for three. So whatever it is, those, it, it makes it easy to remember what the story is because you can think, well, let me see. Um, it's got, you know, it's got two eights in it. Oh, that must be the one with the two octopuses. They get stuck to the floor and they say, wow, it's a sticky floor, which sounds like 64. Cute. So there's a whole bunch, there's a whole bunch of those. And I love the idea that I can make math and learning multiplication facts easy and fun. 
let's have more of that. We need more like easy and fun, especially in the home. You know, the, the, look at, in addition to child trafficking being up, child abuse is also up. And that's because kids are stuck at home with their parents and they're, and it's frustrating. It's harder. It's harder at home right now. Anything I can do to make things easier and more fun for the parents and the kids, I, I would like to do. No, I love that. And I mean, like with these characters and things, they just kind of come to you as you're writing them and like find that inspiration. Like you're just like, oh, because Mr. Mouse, a puppy or... <laughs> Mr. Mouse was born like, I don't know actually how I came up with him. That was when I first wrote Do Not Open This Math Book. So that would have been like, I probably started working on that book in 2014. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't remember, but I, totally. <laughs> I wanted him to be like a cute little character. I knew there was going to be a Danica cartoon in it. And that also subliminally tells girls you belong. Um, the, the woman is the one who's teaching it. You know, she's really good at math. And, and then Mr. Mouse, he, I just wanted to be a cute little grumpy character. He's grumpy. He doesn't like math. He's like not having it. And so they have really <laughs> fun, they have really fun banter back and forth. That's super cute. I love it. No, I love where the inspiration comes from. Do you feel like, obviously, like, obviously, once you became a mom yourself, you started seeing more and more of, like, what was needed, and then you kind of kept creating? Yes. Oh, for sure. So, okay, so when I first started writing math books, I started with middle school and high school books, and that's because I studied the issue. I actually, like, I think you mentioned I, um, I've done a few interviews today, so I can't remember what was in this intro, <laughs> but I, I spoke in front of Congress back in 2000 yes, yes, about, I the, about the importance of women in mathematics, and, and I learned then that middle school was the time when it was the most needed. That was the time when girls' confidence started dropping in math. So math doesn't suck, kiss my math, hot X, and girls get curves, geometry takes shape. That takes you from pre-algebra all the way up to um, uh, high school geometry, and that was what was that's what I saw the need as being. And though all those books are very girly, boys use them too, for sure. I get reports all the time, boys saying, oh my gosh, I finally understand geometry proofs. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yes, awesome. Uh, but but uh, it, they're mostly you know, aimed towards girls because that's the issue I'm solving there. Then when I was finishing up uh, Girls Get Curves, Geometry Takes Shape, Draco uh, was like, a baby and a baby and, and I'm breastfeeding and I'm trying to you know and I'm like oh you know what I need a break from these books for a minute and uh so I took a break for a couple of years and then I came back again with Goodnight Numbers and 10 Magic Butterflies and these books were definitely inspired by my experiences with my own child I mean Goodnight Numbers was a book I'd been re reading Goodnight Moon to him since he was a tiny tiny and I just thought, hey, you know what? Let's do goodnight numbers. It was a play on the idea of goodnight moon and yeah. saying goodnight to all these things along the ways you're going, getting ready for bed. Um, but we're counting. So we're saying goodnight to, you know, yeah, let's see. I'll read yeah, I was going to say, go ahead, read us. I know, goodnight moon is such a classic. I, I love that. It is. It is. And we read that countless times. Goodnight, one fork. Goodnight, one spoon. Goodnight, one bowl. I'll see you soon. Good night. And then the night turn the page and it says two. Good night, two hands. Good night, two feet. Good night, two ears. So small and sweet. Uh, and then it goes through and it goes through all these different numbers. And on each page, like on the five page, uh, it says uh, she's taking a bath at that point. One of the kids is taking a bath. And it's a different family on every page. On every page, it's either a mom and a son, a mom and a daughter, a, a dad and a daughter, a dad and a son. And there's different ethnic groups represented. I wanted as much as possible kids to be like, oh, mommy, look, that's us. Or, oh, daddy, that's us. That was really important to me. Um, good night, five points. Good night, little star. Good night, five splashes. They go really far. So 
Now we're getting ready for bed and we're in the bath and there are five splashes you can count. There's five points on the star. There's five little balls on in the, in the bath. There's five towels in the bathroom. There's five dots on the curtain. Like there's, there's <laughs> you can find more and more things to count on every page. And that was uh, really fun to work with the illustrator, Alicia Pradron. She was great. Good night. And then at the end, it says, and it, of course it ends with five finger, uh, 10 fingers and 10 toes. And uh, numbers were all around us, like really good friends. Good night to all the numbers. Good night and the end. And on the last page, there's like something represented from each of the pages. Anyway, it's uh, really so cute. I, so it was just so fun putting that together. And, and, then, and then 10 Magic Butterflies, the next book, is absolutely inspired for my son because you know those little white flowers and those little white butterflies that look like the flowers yeah i'm talking about they got yeah, the little yeah my, yeah, my so daughter have, is gravitated towards them now yeah mm -hmm. the, we have some of those in the backyard when we first moved into the house draco was about three years old and there was a butter one of those butterflies that had landed with the flowers and then took off and he said mommy did that butterfly used to be a flower and i didn't want to crush his little dreams and i said well i don't know but it makes a good story and he said he looked at me with the biggest eyes he said will you tell me that story um. <laughs> i'll never forget it and so for like and of course i did i talked i talked about how there was this little flower and she really wanted to fly and so there was a fairy and she asked the fairy if she could fly and the fairy said sure no problem and she waved her wand and then she became a butterfly and, and so and I, at night i would tell draco this story to go to sleep depending on how long it took him to go to sleep, we'd get through more or fewer flowers, colors. So it'd be like the little red flower and the little blue flower and the little black flower and the little, and I'd come, a chartreuse, I'd like run out of colors <laughs> and just, just like come up and like, like, is he asleep yet? And then the little magenta, and then the little ma magenta flower. <laughs> no, no, he's not. Okay, the magenta flower. <laughs> I love it. Real mom life. <laughs> Real mom life. And then, so yeah, 10 magic butterflies was born. And, um, and so that was about 10 flowers who wish they could be butterflies and they uh every night they watch the fairies fly around and they just and then one day one night one of the little flowers gets brave and asks the fairy if, if she can help him to fly and sure enough she says with a bing bing boo now you're a butterfly blue and then and then, so now, and then, and then that one teaches because all my books have some sort of math in them <laughs> um that one teaches different ways of making 10 from two numbers so you've got the 10 flowers, and then one of them is a butterfly. So now you've got nine flowers and one butterfly, but it still equals 10. And then the next night, the, ne the next butterfly gets, uh, gets created from a flower. And now you have eight flowers and two butterflies, but it still makes 10. And, and, then, and then there's a lesson of self-acceptance and not the grass is always greener on the other side because after the butter, they're all butterflies. They're having a great time. By the time the morning hits, it's like really windy, and they're like looking at the flowers, looking all peaceful, and they're like trying to hang on, and they miss when the birds and the bees would come visit them. And so they asked if they could be flowers again. And, and so that's so cute. A little, a little message in the end about how, you know, big and tall or short and small, being ourselves is best of all. And then they're, they're all happy to be flowers. Again. I love that. I, I didn't, again, like it goes back to, you know, you as an inspiring woman and who you are putting that playfulness in the books and really like giving that light to children of like that self-acceptance and that self-love and having a little rhyme to remember it and making them feel good inside. Like we just need so much more of that just all around. And I love that you put that into each story and they all have their own little story. It's so cute. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, every, every one of the books, I'm just, I try to really try to put a lot into it and I just picture, I love, you know, I, I, I talk about this uh, when I'm doing the books, I'm, 
by, by myself up in my office on my laptop working it's late and I'm exhausted and whatever and I'm, you know I'm working out problems figuring out how to fix that rhyme let me fix this word put this word instead because all that's the experience of writing the books and then when people send me pictures of their kids reading my books it's like so great I love it so much it, it's so um, satisfying to see that to see the cute little readers who are reading things and learning a little bit of math and having fun with their parent when they're reading them and it's great. So it's, uh, yeah, it's so cute. I'm sure it's very uplifting for you to see how many children and parents are obviously enjoying your stories and everything you're doing and loving math the way you love math. Did you always love math? Like from when you were a young kid? No, I mean, I did. I always liked that it was a challenge, but um, no, I had a stumbling block in seventh grade. I had a teacher who just, it just, I didn't understand. And I didn't know it was the teacher. I thought it was me and I felt stupid and I felt frustrated and scared and just overwhelmed and um yeah I would come home and cry because I was afraid of my math homework because I felt like a failure it was horrible totally been there yep yeah and 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 then midway through the year like by some miracle our teacher was switched out and suddenly Mm -hmm. the same stuff made sense that had totally confused me and I did not realize at the time that I was learning oh presentation of the material is everything there's the information and then there's a way it's presented it makes all the difference. And I would take that lesson that I didn't realize I was learning back then and make books that present math in an entertaining way. And implement it. That's amazing. I love that you share that story because I think that's also inspiring because like, same with me. Like I str- always struggled with math. I had some teachers that were a little bit hard and I would like really like get worked up and anxious and get upset about math. And even so much so that like, you know, of course I've carried that into adulthood when I have to figure things out. I'm like, Oh, I'll just use my calculator, use my phone, whatever. But I think about obviously raising the girls and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to like give that, that them that anxiety. I want them to enjoy and thrive off math and not have like, you know, my stuff pass on. And so hey, I, love- you know what? Okay, I have some advice to you then. Yes. Math doesn't suck. First of all, don't tell, don't share with your kids that you didn't like math. Just don't share it. It's one of the things I, I recommend. Like, I'd be honest with your kids, but maybe not that part. <laughs> you lower the bar. You will lower the bar. Um, math doesn't suck. Teaches fractions, decimals, percents. It's very girly. It's very conversational. It's really fun. Adults use this book all the time to face their demons. And it's, I really, I really promise that, and there's, it's just like a couple of little, after each chapter, this is just like, four maybe exercises to practice what you've just learned. It's really meant as a supplement to your textbook that you're using. But as an adult going back, you probably don't need all that, all that practice. It's just the concepts are in here and it will make you feel more powerful. And when you're breastfeeding your baby, you can just sit there and just read it and, and even do some of it in, in your head. I mean, and, you know, some of it you'll need to write down, but it's, it's really I, like copycat fractions. Copycat fractions are fractions like two over two, three over three, and they always equal one. And copycat fractions are very useful when you're finding equivalent fractions and you're reducing fractions. It's been to, anyway, the, my point that I'm trying to make is that even at this level, yes, I'm making it fun. Copycat fractions, that didn't really, that's the thing that I made up. Right. But it works really well. <laughs> it's really it. and super fun. And I talk about pizza and uh, untangling necklaces. Anyway, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff. And as adults who are concerned about math and concerned about passing on their fear of math to their kids, you can get over your fear of math with my book, Math Doesn't Suck. I love that. No, that, that's great. I'm totally going to check it out. No, and I'm glad you shared that as advice too. Like, don't share that. Keep keep that with you. Keep and that one to yourself. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And like, and, and don't let them know. Yeah. I mean, it's true, right? It's like, you want to, of course, be the best mom or dad, you know, to your kids. And it's like, you think about the things that triggered you or the things that were hard for you in school. And you're like, okay, I want it to be easier for them, but let's be real. I'm nervous. Cause I'm going to have to eventually help them and be a part of it, you know? So it's cool that you have a book that also you're like, Hey, this is for adults too. It's not just for the kids. Right. Well, I mean, adults, I wrote it for middle schoolers, Mm -hmm. but adults use it. Adults use it all. That's the go-to one um, for adults. If if they're just like, I never made peace with math. I just, (laughs) I see a fraction and I flip out. I see a decimal. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do with that. You you will know what to do with those things after my book, Math Doesn't Suck. It really will help to clear it up. All right. I'll definitely give it a shot. (laughs) Um, Just before we wrap it up, I just want to emphasize to any parents out there who are homeschooling their kids and they are feeling stressed out about it and wanting some tips. I've been homeschooling my son his whole life. And if you go to my Instagram page on the um, profile page, my Instagram uh, profile, there are those big circles that are the highlights reels or whatever. One of them is called school at home. One of them is called homeschooling. Click on those and you'll see a whole bunch of little short little videos of tips and tricks that I've learned along the way to make homeschooling way easier. And I created these in, in April when, when things all went online and people were like, oh my God, what's going on? And I thought, well, you know what? I've got a lot of experience in this and I can share some of these tips. So I hope I that, love that. Well, and I, before I let you go, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for being, you know, such an inspiration, but also being so real as a mom. And I guess I would want to know just like as a new mom myself and for any moms listening or parents, how do you feel like, you know, from when before obviously became mom to where you are now, like, how have you, you know, taken, you know, motherhood and, and have that, you know, evolve you and not consume you? I, I mean, I know, I know you're obviously crazy about your son and you, you know, have created your books and everything you've done. But I think for so many of us, especially me as a new mom and with the postpartum depression with my first daughter, like it can really consume and it can be really hard. What would be, you know, advice from you as someone who now is pretty, you know, in the thick of it and have done an amazing job and also an amazing career? What would be your advice to those listening? Well, I would say this, I would say, um, I went through times where I wasn't doing much at all, except for being a, a mom. I mean, the first year or so of his life, um, I didn't really do anything else. I only, I only had one. <laughs> so I would say your number one job absolutely is to create a safe space for your child and be, be gratified and satisfied with that as much as you can. When you look at other moms like, oh, they're doing so much stuff. Are they? Are they, do they have a lot of, a lot of assistance taking care of their kid for them? Um, or are they, and, and also when you see people doing stuff, you don't see their whole lives. You only see the highlights. You only see the highlights. So all those days, like I had, I got mastitis three times. Oh, you know, it was miserable. Yeah. By the way, I have a tip for people listening. If you oh, have. Please do. Yes. And you as well. Yeah. Like currently nursing. <laughs> right. Yes. And, and so what happens is mastitis is like when your one of your ducts gets clogged basically. And it's like the milk turns into cheese right there and you can't get out. That causes an infection and it swells and it turns red. You get a fever from it. It's horrible. So I learned this like two, I'd had it twice already. Um, it was in the middle of the second time that I had it, that I got this advice. I'm like, why didn't I hear this sooner? Cause people tell you, Oh, get in a hot shower. It's the last thing you want to do when you got a fever, a hot shower, because yeah. the heat will help melt it, right? It helps to melt the cheese, essentially, and then you can, your body can get rid of it. The best thing to do, this is, the, this is what you do. You take a sock, a clean sock, you put rice in it, tie off the end. This is called a rice sock, a rice sock. Put the rice sock in the microwave for a minute and a half. Take it out, make sure it's not going to burn your skin. Put it on the spot that is red, and then 
in a way where you are protecting your child's face from that, have your child nurse from that breast. With, and, then, and then you can massage the area too. You're, you'll, you'll, you'll melt and break up that like thick milk that's gotten in there and your child will literally suck it out of you. And there's nothing wrong with the milk that's coming out. It's totally safe. Right. So your child will suck it out of you. And I will tell you something, half a day was totally better. Wow. Better. I couldn't believe it. My best friend told me, I'm like, why didn't you tell me this sooner? She's like, well, I didn't think of it. Oh my gosh. Just like a thing you're sharing from mom to mom, you know, and that's, and and then, and then I started to get it a third time and I did that right away and it never even happened. Like I could tell it started to happen and it just fine. Oh my God. That I have is one time Draco bit me. Um, just bit down and he had teeth. I mean, I breastfed him for two and a half years. So it was going to happen. I breastfed him for 22 months. So I know all about the teeth. So I get it. Fantastic. Yeah. So, well, for people listening, don't try to pull your child off of your breast if that happens because they'll just bite down and it'll be worse. You stick your pinky right in between their little, in their mouth and to let them release. So don't pull them away, even though you want to just stick your finger in there and then they'll, and then they'll release and they'll, they'll let go of their their grip yeah that they do they have such strong grips for being so little you're like yeah. how are you holding on that tight <laughs> like, yeah, they've got super strong jaws and like razor sharp nails <laughs> like, like, i know i've been getting whacked this whole podcast i've really been like scratching my face i'm like girl relax <laughs> it's so oh. true though and I, I just so appreciate honestly Danny, like your your realness and you know just the vulnerability but the inspiration you still bring to your space and how much light you know it's so needed especially in motherhood and in parents you know I think so many of us feel alone especially what's going on right now in the world and I just appreciate you sharing not only just so much of your own story but you know tips and hacks and things you know that have helped you so I know you mentioned but go ahead and tell us where we can find you follow you all that good stuff purchase mm -hmm. yeah absolutely oh. so my all my books if you're curious about which one might be best for your child or whatever if you go to mckellarmath.com and that's a-r on mckellar then you'll see the big slider button that tells you if, like depending on your kid's age you can find which book is best and then i'm on instagram twitter and facebook i don't really check facebook that much i'm really it's really twitter and instagram and my instagram posts go directly to facebook uh so i do post but i don't really check in very much because for some reason it doesn't work on my phone anyway i'm just at danica mckellar all one word and if you go to my links, um, I have like a link tree link on all three of them. If you click on that, you'll see one of the links says charity stuff. And if you click on that, you can find out um, about some charity stuff that I'm doing to help uh, fight child trafficking and, and support foster kids and a few other things on there. So Amazing. if you want to get involved, if you were inspired, if you were inspired and you're like, I want to make a difference. I want to find some purpose in my life and get off my couch or stay on my couch and do a lot of good for my couch instead of just sitting around feeling non-essential. Um, check out my, my link on my social media and you'll find the charity stuff. And there's some great ideas in there. Becoming a big brother, big sister is such an amazing gift to give. Uh, and that there are links on there too for that. So. I love that. That's amazing. And also you can get most of your books on Amazon too, right? If people don't go to the. Oh yeah. Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com. Yeah. All the main places you can find well, them. Every, yeah. Everywhere books are sold. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Annika, for being here. Until next time, guys. Cheers. Bye.